0: Hello and welcome back to the WTOC Sports Podcast, another End Zone edition. I'm Lindsey Goff, alongside Jake Wallace. Jake, it's almost Friday again.
1: Yeah, we're you know it's September. It feels like football weather a little bit more than what we we've had it's the last 85. few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> there's a little chill in the air. A chill. Um, it is September. We've got college football starting in mm-hmm. mass this weekend, but it's we're we're kind of getting into. It's the third week of the high school football season, and uh, we're starting to kind of figure out who teams are, and that's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you mentioned figuring out who teams are. Um, let's start with last week and recap in a little bit. couple teams that impressed you, Jake. I,
1: I really liked what New Hampstead did last week and what they've done the first two weeks. They're 2-0 and uh, under head coach Kyle Hockman, but for me, it's just been... The offensive output they've been able to put out—ninety-one points in their first two games—they were, they've been able to do it in in a way that I think. I don't want to say there were questions about what the Phoenix were going to look like offensively, but they've lost a number of really talented offensive players in the last two years, and at some point that tends to catch up with you. But I think Kyle Hockman and this team has really and his staff have really been able to to kind of develop these players, get them to come along. And you're starting to see them build. You know, Hockman talked about it at the, at the media day before the year, just how he, they feel like momentum's on their on their side, and and it certainly has shown. The first two weeks, they've got a game coming up um, Friday against Savannah. They'll be favored to win that one. They should win that one pretty handily, and then they go to Brunswick. Next week, the Pirates are, are off to a 2-0 and start. So that could be a really good showcase for just how far the Phoenix have come. So I'm really looking at that one next week, but I've been impressed with what the Phoenix have done the first two weeks.
0: I think I have two teams that I want to shout out from last week, both uh, coming in starting the year 2-0. and First, Metter, who just throttled South Effingham, uh, beat them by 31 points. They're 2-0 on a bye this week. And then Santa Country Day um also off to a 2-0 start they beat ECI by two last week they're also 2-0 they were supposed to play beach this week that was called off due to COVID so kind of an unwanted bye week for them this week but um both of those teams off to hot starts and have really impressed me so far and uh I want to give a shout out again to our play of the week winner Jake you want to talk about that
1: Yeah, Rodney Hill caught that screen pass for Bullock Academy last week against Calvary Day and just turned on the Jets, made one move, and then showed off his speed, ran away from several Calvary defenders. He's a Florida State Seminole commit for a reason. Um, Calvary won the game, but Bullock Academy gets the play of the week honors. More than 30,000 votes cast in our poll this week and Bullock Academy's Rodney Hill picks up more than 22,000 of those votes to pick up the play of the week win.
0: That's what I was going to say, over 22,000 votes, pretty impressive. Now, moving on to this week, our game of the week, Vidalia and ECI. Uh, this is a season opener for Vidalia, Jake.
1: Yeah, and they, they're they off to kind of that late start again. They had one last year because of, of COVID and some other issues. This year, not starting until this week, so we're really going to get to see – um, how they look under in year two under head coach Jason Cameron, and you expect to see a leap as they made that kind of transition from from the the option kind of style offense they ran for years and years and years before Cameron got there, moved to his more uh, up tempo attack. Now we're really going to see, I think, how far they've come in that year. Expect to see them make a jump from year one to year two, and they've got a kid, Bryce Davis, the senior quarterback, leading uh, the offense. He was their leading rusher a year ago. I expect to see big things out of him in year two of this offense.
0: We'll, we'll get to this in a minute, but I visited ECI yesterday, and that was one person that the players were talking about was Bryce Davis, and there was no trash talk. You know, they gave him his props. He's a great player. He's hard to defend, and we've got to be ready for him. There was no, you know, oh, yeah, like, it, it should be fine. Like, th- they know that he's a threat, and they've got to be ready for him. Um, the Indians were 7-3 and overall last year. They did lose to ECI last year, 14-8. to and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. ECI coming into this matchup, one-and-one, one, they beat Savannah Christian, and then, as we mentioned, they lost to Calvary. Country um, Day. Country Day, excuse me, not Calvary. Um, th- they're kind of punching up as they try to start their season.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that win last year. It was their first win over Vidalia since 1935. They had been 0-9 against VHS in, uh, in between – the last two wins um, over Vidalia. But this ECI team, you kind of know what you're going to get with them. They're going to be tough. They're going to be hard-nosed. They're going to run the football, and they do it well. We saw them do that against Savannah Christian. Um, It was a really good game last week in Twin City between Country Day and ECI. Um, So you wonder if the the early season rust for Vidalia plays a factor into this. ECI has been in two hard-nosed football games already this year. They are probably as close to midseason form as you can get, you know, in the third week of the season, and in comes a team in Vidalia that hasn't played a, a real, you know, live ammo game, and we'll see how that, that fares Saturday or Friday night in Vidalia.
0: Yeah, a lot of times, the first game of the season, you always see some pre-snap penalties and things like that that you wouldn't normally see midseason, but it's just kind of those first game. Working out the kinks and jitters and things, but as I mentioned, visited ECI yesterday. So here's a listen to Coach Kirsten and our conversation. You've split the first two games. What have you learned about your team in those two?
2: Well, I learned that we can we can't take anything for granted. Um, I, I think we we've shown that we can we can play to a high level. We've also shown that we, um, uh, if we don't come to play, that we're, we're very capable of being beat.
0: Seems like you guys are kind of scheduling really tough opponents yeah. to start your season. Is, is there a reason for that?
2: Yeah, there is. Uh, we, we want to, to challenge our team and coaches, and, and we felt like with the two scrimmages we had with uh, Clinch and Fitzgerald, the Fitzgerald scrimmage got actually got canceled. But um, with those two and then our our, um, our non-region games with Savannah Christian and Country Day and then with Vidalia, we thought that you know this would be a good way to kind of gauge, see where we were at and, uh, and, uh, and, and figure out what we, need, what we need to work on.
0: With Videlia having not played at all, does that make it tough not having film on them from this year?
2: Yeah, it's it's tough um, for num- number one, not having something to look at um, uh, recent and uh, and uh, you know I think it could be an advantage for them in a, in a sense.
0: Um, what do you think the strength of your team is?
2: Oh my gosh, I think the leadership on our uh, out of our juniors and seniors has been great this year so far. Uh, we've had. Uh, great attitudes at practice, the kids have come to work, um, we had not had to chase a bunch of kids around, but we do have some that have been out sick, and I, I know everybody has, um, dealing with COVID, and, uh, you know, we're, we're fairly close to being full strength, I think we got a couple out, um, we'll have two, two, I know for sure, out this week, um, as of right now, but um, hopefully that'll remain the same, and then uh, we won't have any more.
0: I've had some coaches tell me that they're intentionally trying to play a lot of players in these first few games, in case guys are out later with COVID issues or really anything. That everybody has some kind of game experience. Is that something you kind of tried to approach as well?
2: It is, and it's also tough with the schedule. I mean, I, I, you know, you go into a game like like the ones we've had for the last three weeks or two weeks, and, and counting this week, and then saying, well, we you know we want to get some guys some 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 film and some you know some guys some action but you know these these games have been so tight. I mean they've come down both games have come down to the last uh, series basically and um you know I guess the, the the mindset is to get as many guys playing time as you can but then you've also got to you gotta make sure that you've got your best folks on the field all the time.
0: And we didn't leave out Vidalia. I'm visiting them later today so you'll hear from them during the news at six. And, uh, of course, that's our game of the week for Friday night. Another game that we're looking toward, Jake, and this one wasn't supposed to happen this week either, Jenkins and Jeff Davis.
1: Yeah, thrown together uh, just this week after Jenkins' original game with Windsor Forest was canceled due to um, COVID concerns, This will be a really interesting game, I think, because it's two programs um, that are kind of doing similar things. You know, Tony Welch has has put in that wing T offense over at Jenkins that he ran for so long down in Claxton. And Jeff Davis, it's very similar to what they do. I mean, you could set the over-under on total passes thrown in this game, probably well under 20, like 18 and a <laughs> half, like 17 and a half, 18 and a half might be a really good number for the total number of passes thrown. I'm really looking forward to this game. They've always got a great atmosphere at the Pinelands mm-hmm. over in Hazelhurst. Jenkins is a really good football team that's coming down in there. I'm looking forward to see how the Yellow Jackets fare against a, a Jenkins team defensively that is as fast as they are, that is as physical as they are. Jeff Davis, running back of highest, Allen's the guy I'm really looking forward to see go up against this Jenkins defense. Ran for over 1,000 yards last year. Got some some Division I offers. Um, He's a super talented running back for the Yellow Jackets. I'm looking forward to see how they match up Friday night. Jenkins and Jeff Davis really looking forward to that game.
0: They both come in 1-0, and neither team has allowed any points scored on their defense. Jeff Davis had a win at Rutland, 41-0. Jenkins beat Groves, 55-0. So something's got to give this week. I'm excited to see that one. Jake, the one that you're going to head to, Benedictine at Buford.
1: Yeah, and we saw Benedictine, you know, you talk about punching up, did so. Yeah. Friday night taking on Christopher Columbus High School out of Miami, Florida. It's the largest private school in the state of Florida. They want to play in Florida's largest classification, 8A. And, and Benedictine, you know, give them credit. They were there. It was a 42-27 win for yep. Christopher Columbus. But but Benedictine held their own, and you can tell why. I mean, BC's got as much talent on the offensive side of the ball as really just about any team in the state. When you look at it, I mean, Zaquan Bryan makes that – yeah, just incredible, toe tapping touchdown catch. That was the other play of the week nominee. Mm-hmm. It was good in the NFL. He got two feet in. It would have been six yeah. on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So the question that I have in this game is: Buford's now two and zero with two wins over Georgia six A mm-hmm. teams in Richmond Hill and Effingham County. Is is do the Eagles have the firepower to keep up with Benedictine?
0: Yeah, that's going to be a real test, especially because. They beat Richmond Hill 28-8, but Richmond Hill was missing a lot of players due to COVID. Uh, They beat Effingham County 24-3. I would assume the Cadets are going to find the end zone a little more than that, but this this is a compelling matchup.
1: Absolutely, and this will be the best team Buford's played this year. Clearly, I think you know with what you mentioned is Richmond Hill having you know upwards of fifty players out due to contact tracing two weeks ago, Effingham County still building under under new head coach John Ford. This is going to be a real test for Buford, and they've got some senior players and they've got some players that have been there for a while. Um, but but like I said, the question is going to be: Can they score? Can they can offensively? Are they going to be able to do enough to keep up with BC, who I think showed last week they have the ability to score with anybody,
0: right? Absolutely. I mean, they've got a ton of talent, like you mentioned. So that's a fun one to watch. Jake's going to be there for that one. Another one we're keeping an eye on, Islands and Johnson.
1: This is two teams that could really use a win. I know it's still early in the season, but these are two teams that we're hoping to take step forwards um, in 2021. Johnson, not off to the start they wanted. And Islands, I think, maybe surprising in, in how they played against Windsor Forest last Thursday, got out to a lead, and then surrendered 20 unanswered. Um, I think both these teams could use a win to kind of get them back on the right track in right. 2021.
0: Yeah, Islands opened with a 20-9 to loss to Windsor Forest, which I will give them the caveat that their quarterback went out with an injury. They had a wide receiver playing quarterback for like half the game. So if they're healthy, this could fare better for them this week. Uh, the Adam Smashers 0-2. They lost at Augusta Christian and then a 50-6 to loss to New Hampstead. So, as you mentioned, they could both use a win. Um, we mentioned New Hampstead. They are facing Savannah High. The Phoenix heading into this one 2-0. and o, The Blue Jackets 1-0 for the first time since 1997.
1: Yeah, Michael Moore's, we, we talked about it last week, just kind of the excitement building over for the high, and they're trying to build that program back up. Um, As
0: I, they literally build a stadium.
1: <laughs> Correct. But this this is gonna be a different test for the Blue Jackets. Oh, for sure. This is the, the team G that they played last week um is, is gonna be in a much different yeah. level of of talent and and everything else than what Savannah's gonna see in New Hampshire. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Phoenix just a really good team. As we mentioned, they beat Windsor Forest forty one to twelve, Johnson fifty to six. The Blue Jackets got that win over G Sick forty eight nothing last week. Definitely a good confidence booster. I think, for the Blue Jackets heading into this one, but it's it's going to be a tough game for Savannah. Yeah. Another one we're looking at, Calvary and Frederica.
1: Yeah, so this is another GHSA-GISA matchup. Calvary took down Bullock Academy. We mentioned the Cavaliers went on the road knocked off the Gators last week in a GHSA-GISA crossover. This is a Frederica team that's going to come up to Savannah. They were the state finalists. Um, a year ago, but this is a Calvary team that has gotten the state's attention. They went from unranked to yep. fifth in the, in the AJC poll, and now have moved up to fourth, I believe, in the AJC poll. Saw them at number two in Class A private in a couple of state polls. But I think people are starting to take notice of the amount of talent and young talent that Mark Stroud and the Cavaliers have over there in Midtown Savannah. Calvary should win this game. Frederica is going to come in with a lot of confidence and they've got some talent down there on St. Simons Island. Not not a knock at the Knights or anything, but Calvary should win this game. And then you look at the Cavalier's schedule could set up if if Calvary wins this game moves to 3 and 0, sets up a potential top 10 class A private matchup next week at North Cobb Christian. That game will be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that will be a lot of fun. Um they're both Also undefeated heading into this matchup. So we've got a lot of uh, schedules that are going to get slammed this week, I guess you could say. Put some uh, losses in the loss column for a couple of these teams. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, Jake, any other notables for you this week that you're keeping an eye on?
1: I think Savannah Christian going down to Valwood is is an interesting game. The the Raiders have now had two weeks since that season opening loss, I think. Baker Woodward's a really good coach, and and he's got a lot of talent over there at Savannah Christian, so um, I think you could see the Raiders bounce back. Valwood's another good GISA team, a lot of talent. Frederica
0: beat them, by the way.
1: Yeah, Valwood down there in Valdosta, the Hire area, so there's, you know, the football talent and the football tradition down there. They're going to have some talent. Savannah Christian going on the road to take on the Valiants. I think Richmond Hill going to Burke County is an interesting one as Mm -hmm. well. This is this game was moved up a week after um, – Well, it was
0: moved back, and then it was moved up.
1: <laughs> Correct. So it, it's it's a 2021 schedule special where uh, two teams had the ability to play, so they're going to play this week. Richmond Hill coming off of that season opening loss where they had 55 players out, and you had you know a freshman wide receiver having to line up at quarterback. This, I think – Well,
0: Burke had so many out, they couldn't play for two weeks. Exactly. So.
1: And so I think this will be one where we'll kind of maybe see more of – who Richmond the Hill... The real Wildcats. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Burke County is a, a proud program down there in Waynesboro. It's the bird-dog capital of the world. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what Richmond Hill does, and we'll pr- probably get our real first look at the Wildcats.
0: My other notable game, Dorchester Academy at Thomas Hayward in the Lowcountry. Last week, Thomas Hayward, the private school, beat Battery Creek 44-3. to Uh <laughs> That's a good program.
1: Yeah, the rebels are, they're rolling over there at Thomas Hayward, and they have been for a number of years. And uh, we'll get to see Thomas Hayward again this week. And and you just know you know what they are, you know mm-hmm. what they're going to do. They but expe- they've lost some talent too. Exactly, but but that kind of program over there, they expect to win. They expect to just reload. And it appears after at least one game in 2021 that they certainly have.
0: Yep, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, We'll have all those games, plus a few more, ideally, if they don't get canceled. That is always the hope.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: Right. So we'll have all those for you Friday night during the end zone at 1115 with Jake Wallace and I. If you see us on the sidelines, be sure and say hello. And that'll do it for us this week. Jake, thank you as always. And we'll see you Friday night.